Welcome to season four of Been There, Done That, a pandemic survival podcast. I'm your host, Felicia Perez, and in this show, we'll be talking to some real life experts on how to get through this time filled with unexpected changes, challenges, and not maybe, but definitely feelings of helplessness. And those experts are everyday people like you and me. Turns out we may be more prepared for this moment than we realize. So let's get started and see what we can relearn. Oh my gosh, it is um, Saturday, November 21st. We are days away from a holiday that most people that I know have a complicated relationship with anyways. So it's just kind of increased the complexity with COVID-19. And we are rounding down um, this season four series of interviews. And so um, we're also on the other side of the election. But is it over? Because yesterday we had some Michigan representatives um, leaving their home state to go to Washington, D.C. and meet with the president. It seems that the president of the United States, the current still president, Donald Trump, is is still trying to figure out if there is a way anyway to still be able to win this election and so far no but the the hits just keep on coming with the attempts and today this afternoon we are checking in with olivia and clark um to see how things are going and the most exciting part i think of this check-in for me is that y'all moved and left us uh in reno and and you're now in the state of washington um and are you in seattle yes Yes. okay so now you're in seattle washington you don't even live here it's been almost three months since we last spoke tell me everything starting with how are you you know um very excited we we both have this upcoming week off of work um so we're very excited to be able to take a breath um in that um, doing nicely today as the sun was out, taking advantage of that. Yeah, the weather's been um, terrible for the past week. <laughs> horrible, terrible. What does horrible and terrible weather look like? Um, overcast, rainy, just dreary. And like, there was a big rainstorm too. So it just went. Wait, hold on one second. I can hear you much better now. Okay, great. So the question is, you know, Reno bad weather is like different, I think, than Seattle bad weather. So how about how about we do this first? Let's ground ourselves in what does bad weather look like, period. So what did bad weather look like? And I guess this is specifically for Olivia because you're like, oh, it's been bad weather. So Olivia, what did bad weather look like in Reno? Describe a bad weather day in your old home. Bad weather day. Well, okay, so I would describe bad weather as like, it's like a blizzard outside, like Mm -hmm. where it's like bad to like drive or get around. Here, bad weather is like, it's gray and it's like raining just like a little bit, Mm -hmm. which is like worse than if it's actually raining because it just like like gets into all of your stuff and you're like, because you're, it's like, you're not as prepared for it if it's only raining a little bit than if it's like pouring outside. Cause I'm not going to put, I have rain pants now, which is something I never thought that I would need. What? Rain, rain pants? pants? Yeah, right. What are rain pants? Waterproof pants. So I won't wear my rain pants or my rain jacket 
if it's just like drizzling a little bit and then I end up getting wetter because I wasn't prepared. So it's like a mist rain that's yes. kind of like everywhere instead of just a pour. And and in Reno, that's what happens. For those of you who are wondering, does it rain in Reno? The answer is not really. But yeah. when it does, it's flash floods. You get yeah. all the radios and TVs telling you there's a warning from 10 p.m. Yep. to 5 p.m. And all of a sudden, you're like, what rain? And you look outside, and you're like, there isn't any rain. And two seconds later, it is raining cats and dogs for like 20 minutes, and then it turns yeah. off. That's and sometimes it turns rain. into hail. Sometimes yes. Like <laughs> yes, like little tiny balls of hail that look like little tiny balls of foam from yeah. like a toy or something, right? Okay, but that is so not Seattle. And no. so Seattle now you have rain pants and, <laughs> and all this gear for rain. But wait a minute, I'm, I'm kind of perplexed here. Did you not know that Seattle is like overcast and mist rain oh, like all the time? I, well, it's very different to know that theoretically and uh -huh. to experience it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good do answer. You, do you wear rain pants like indoors? When does one need rain no, pants? No, I, so I have been riding my bike to work. So I wear ah. it when I'm on my bike. Cause otherwise, and when I'm leaving work too, cause my bike sits outside. And so otherwise my butt will get wet because like the seat of the bike gets really wet. So I'll put them on and then I like put them over my pants and then when I get inside, I take them off and like, I don't know what the etiquette is. But wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. How are you not slipping and sliding all over the road? Do you, ha are there rain tires? Uh, probably. I don't think I have rain tires, but I'm, it's the road is, I haven't had that problem yet. It's except for like, cause it's fall. So all the leaves are falling down and yeah. then they get this like terrible, like decomposing Moldy. muddy mess. Yeah. 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 So I almost, I, I got a little bit slippery on that last time we were, when we went to the farmer's market. But. We also, we live in a pretty like hilly area. So I guess water isn't pooling as much as it might be. Right. Oh yeah. We have, lots of, we have quite a few hills near our Yeah. Oh my God. Wait, you know, I've seen these, I've seen these kinds of things for your bike where it almost looks like you're trying to turn your bike into like a motorcycle or like something like you can basically cover the entire bike and it almost has like a windshield and you can cover up like your entire body, but you're still able to use it as a bike, but it really keeps you dry. I, I've seen this in like Germany. Like, have you not? Everybody just like is used to it and just wears like, I don't yeah. know, rain gear. Well, the kids have rain suits, which are great. What? Yeah, they're like full zip up, like full body. Like a snowsuit, but for yeah, rain. Like a snowsuit. But. Like a slicker. Like a whole slicker suit. Does it make a does it make a noise? Does it go like slick slick slick? What's the sound of rain pants in a rain? It's like a subtler, like the sound like snow pants make, but much subtler. Like it's not as loud. Oh, the like Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. How do you know what kids are wearing? So what's happening? What are you all doing up there? Um, so I have been working, well, I, I'm going to push back against the um, misty rain being better because I oh. work 100% outside now, um, teaching environmental education in a park. Um, uh -huh. And so the mist is better than having to wrangle the children in the falling rain. Um, 
especially so I work in a I work in a, a, a state park now um, and we have like a quote-unquote classroom area like amongst the trees and then a big field um, near us and when there is a wind advisory we are not allowed to be in the trees. We have to stay out on the field all day. So usually when it's very rainy, we have a tarp we can put up between the trees. Um, but the other day there was a wind advisory and it was very rainy. So we just had to be out on the field in the rain, um, which was an interesting experience. What did you do? We were like, well, there's a couple trees on the field. Maybe we could set up a tarp here. Um, but then a, a, a limb fell from one of those trees. So we were like, never mind, we can't do that. Um, and there's this, this kind of this hedge, this sculpted hedge that the children like to play in. Um, uh -huh. So we were like, you can go eat lunch in the sculpted hedge and then you'll get a little bit of coverage. And then luckily the rain let up a little bit so they could sit at some some tables and eat. wait a minute wait a minute how old are these people and and when when do you start work and when does work end i thought you were i thought you were moving up there to get sort of acclimated to the space of you know living in washington and you had deferred starting grad school to be um you know an educator that is specifically for the outdoors um so what what's happening what is this job what? Who are these people? Um, so the children are between the ages of five and eleven. Um, it's it's uh, anywhere between those ages every day. Like it's not split up. Um, and I'm actually, funnily enough, one of my coworkers is someone who they went to like they attended the grad program that I am going to be attending. Like they are oh. a graduate of the program I will be in who I'm working with now. Um, and I'm working for this organization that actually just started this year It grew out of another organization. Um, but the person who, who ran the first one, like moved back home to Arkansas and two of the teachers were like, we want to keep this going. So let's make this whole new environmental education organization. Um, that I now work for. And and do you think that, you know, a lot of the sort of, you know, um, I guess impetus for like why these folks wanted to to stay and do this work and maybe even one of the causes or reasons for why, you know, the founder and key person had to move away was, is any of this related to COVID in any way, shape or form? Like what, what effect has COVID had on this opportunity and, you know, what's happening with this, with this kind of work? Yeah, I, I, I believe as far as I'm aware and have heard um, COVID was one of the driving reasons that this person like moved, she moved like back to her hometown, I believe, to be closer to her family. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know how much of a factor COVID was in like my bosses, like making like pursuing this. I think that it was they've talked about that. it's It was some of that now, but they're also just realizing like, wow, we didn't like quite factor in how needed this is especially in um these circumstances like yeah so ages five to eleven are do you have them in place of like online learning or do they do some online learning when they're with you or is this more of like an after school type program it's more of an after school type program, but it is in the middle of the day. Um, <laughs> it, it's from they are there from eleven to three. Uh -huh. um, and some of them, 
some of them come late or leave early, like because they are finishing up classes and some of them, their parents are just like, well, this is important. You can skip this part of your class for like whichever days of the week you go to forest school. Is that what it's called? Forest school? It's, that's what we refer to it as sometimes. Um, <laughs> it's called Heartwood Nature Programs. Oh my gosh. So what, what do, what does, um, what's the last thing? Like, you know, it's Saturday. So yesterday on Friday, did you work at Forest School? Were there students at Forest School yesterday? And yes. what did you sort of learn or explore or um, teach? You know, what was the interaction? What were some of the things that happened yesterday in forest school before the week of, you know, Thanksgiving? Um, so yesterday we had free play in the morning. We've just started fire building lessons this week. Um, and we have, we have 12 kids each day. Um, some of them come multiple days a week. A lot of them only come one day a week. Um, but we had like, we've been pulling a couple kids aside every day. Um, there's okay. So there's three like different, classes that happen each day um and each the we have a lot of free reign as teachers but the mm -hmm. way that my co-teacher and i've been structuring ours is like yeah we've been doing free play in the morning this week and pull two kids aside to start fire building so we don't have everyone like we have make a circle and we're like if you are not the fire people today you may not enter this circle and they've been actually very good about that i'm very impressed with them um <laughs> and the kids used, get to use their flint and steel uh tuesday the day without the tarp in the middle of the rainy field was very very difficult to light a fire <laughs> once the rain died down we eventually got one um <laughs> wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute clark are you are you explaining to me that basically you are Bears Grillis? Like no. you're leading five and eleven year olds yeah, like two know. two areas to survive with like a water bottle and a flint. And they have to somehow <laughs> make it back to their parents. Like Okay. Kind of, but we're also there's there's another like school that happens in the park and like some of the other schools the kids go to that were, are more seem more like survival based. Ours is definitely more of a like our theme for the week was fungus. So we did fire in the morning, we had lunch, and then we went like on an exploration. We called it a, like a mushroom hunt, just looking for all different kinds of mushrooms to identify and like explore the woods. It's much more focused on like nature connections and like stewardship of the land kind of thing. We are doing the fire skills because it's fun. Um, but I, the, this program the has theme more for this week was the fungus among us. Yeah, the fungus among us. Oh my gosh! I, you know, I've and I hear about people going mushroom hunting, and like you know, going out and then catching these huge mushrooms. And my like best friend is obsessed with mushrooms as like a ceramic decorative deal. Um, but I didn't. I like. Why do people hunt mushrooms? Okay, I mean, other than drugs. What is that? We were, we were actually hunting with the children. I called it that for their benefit because it was fun, but we weren't picking any. We were just no, admiring. Sure, mushroom you Why do you have a mushroom in your pocket? Olivia? It's called witch's butter and it's edible. Witch's That's butter? Fun. Wait, that orange thing is a mushroom? It's a mushroom, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's Oh, it's warm because it was in my pocket, but it's like really slimy and like, wait, where's the camera? Wait, it's why do you eat it? Like, is it protein? Does it taste good? I don't know. No, I, as, according to my research, it does not taste very good, but it has a very fun texture. Have you had um, wood ear fungus or like black? Like black, when you have like ramen, the like kind of weird mushroom that's on top. It's like, it's like cartilage texture. Okay. Yeah, it is. it's like eating an ear. Oh my gosh. Okay. What would you know 
What do you know about what it tastes like to eat an ear? Y'all well, no, are scaring me right now. The texture, the texture. But it's very it's very perfect for Thanksgiving, considering that much much of what was happening in the original Thanksgiving was some cannibalism yeah. because people were just doing what they needed to do to stay alive. So I Ooh. love that you're bringing in the it tastes like an ear. ear. Um, well, like, so have, have you, texture. It's have you different. never have you never bit someone's ear? You don't know that texture. You don't know the texture. You know what? We're not going there, Clark. <laughs> We're not going there. We're not going to talk know. about whether or not I've bitten someone's ear. What's <laughs> wrong with you? No. No, Clark. Yeah, no. Clark, how dare you? <laughs> I'm not doing it. Um, let's let's move on. Let's to Olivia's work. Oh, yeah. Yes, let's move on. Let's move on to Olivia's work. Olivia, what are you doing that you need to get on your bike and wear your rain pants? Rain my, wear, wear my rain pants. I'm sorry. I'm messing with the ear mushroom for the witch's butter. <laughs> well, my job would not exist without COVID. Um, I'm working for the Boys and Girls Club at a school that's pretty close to my house because in Washington, they're 100% online learning mm-hmm. um, instead the of whole like, the whole state. Split. Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. Or is it the whole so. state or is it just King County? Honestly, I have no idea. I believe it's the whole state. But here they're 100% online. So, like, Boys and Girls Clubs, you know, there's like usually a Boys and Girls Club, like, after school program. Yeah. This would, like, normally be an after school program at this school, but it is, like, an all day mm-hmm. program. Um, you should put your phone on silent. No, it's your phone that is not on silent. Oh. Sorry. My phone is <laughs> Sorry. on silent. Um, what was I talking about? Boys That's and Girls okay. Club. You're all online. It's oh, not yeah, after school. Oh, yeah, so they're all online. So it's not an after-school program. It's a, like, actual, like, program where the kids come in and they do their online classes with us. We're there. Mm-hmm. We're open from 8 to, like, I think 5.30. And they just come in and they do their classes and then they have to do their homework and they have to then we get to like do an activity or something at the end of the day. Um, so, so the Boys and Girls Club that, that you work in um, – because at least as far as you know, the air, the whole area that you were living in is all online um, yes. virtual classes. And so what the Boys and Girls Club is doing where you work is creating almost like the library type space for you to go to school wherever it is that you go to school um, yes. virtually, but you're physically all in the same place. And, um, and then I'm assuming then that the activity that you all get to do is kind of like your recess and after school program. And we started to see little pockets like this, um, you know, places where people could go to school together, but not be in school together, right. Almost as a way really to create that flexibility for parents who yeah. could stay home, who didn't have jobs, right, where they could work from home. So what do we do to address the needs of parents in the world who can't work from home and can't shelter in place in that way, but need childcare and their kids are still going to school? And so the Boys and Girls Club um, and other spaces like churches and community centers, there's a bunch of different places that have like a lot of indoor open space that were meeting this particular kind of need. So how many students do you have um, that come in? So um, I'm working with the kindergarten through first grade and we have, I think, 15 enrolled in like from kindergarten to first grade. Um, altogether, I think there's about 30 who show up regularly um and so it's split up like we get to use 
three different classrooms so it's split up by like kindergarten through first grade and then second and third grades together and then fourth and fifth grade is together olivia how do you get five and six-year-olds and I, I assuming even maybe some four-year-olds you know like five and six-year-olds yeah, there's some four so like how do you get these very small people to to do i mean it's already a challenge to teach kindergarten and first grade when you're not virtual you know like there's a line you line up this is how you line up here's a chair you sit in it you know here's a cubby this is where you put your things you know oh it's a bell this is what we do when there's a bell but what do you do when they're all in different schools and it's virtual oh it's really hard um it's uh, they're all the kids in our class are all in the same school so yeah they're all in the same school but they all have different schedules oh. so you have to keep track of everybody's schedule because they all start their calls like the first graders go like eight or eight thirty. they all have a meeting first graders have a meeting at 9 15 then 10 15 and some of the first graders have a different schedule then the kindergartners all have a different schedule and the teachers the thing that drives me crazy about it is one of the things is the teachers don't post the schedule on like the little app that they use to yeah. like send them the meeting links and stuff they just tell the kids that and the kids don't know i mean like what time is your meeting on and they're like I don't know. Like, yeah, of course you don't know. You're five. <laughs> like, why would you just tell them that? They have no idea. They don't, right. they like look at the time and they're like, it's nine dot dot one five. Like, <laughs> they don't even know that it's nine. What are you talking about? That's an advanced <laughs> yeah. kindergartner. Are you kidding? Yeah, that's it's a, a circle. It's a circle with a sad hook, is what it is. In the yeah, dots. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you post that? I just, I don't know. Oh why. my gosh. Okay. It's hard. So uh, what, yeah what happens when they're actually in the chair like how long are there how long is school on so screen time most of them they have like some significant breaks mm-hmm. in between which is good because they just can't sit for that long yeah at all um but on every day except for wednesday because it's a short day they have class from 8 30 to around like 11 11 15 and then they have a break for until one and then they have a meeting from 1 30 or from one to like 1 30 so it's not that long of a day but it like is if you're five yeah (laughs) it's not that long of a day for an adult um, to be on the screen but if you're five wow that was like a whole year Uh yeah and they have to do like in between they get like free playtime but they also have like because the school district which is nice provided everybody with ipads Mm -hmm. um or laptops so they all have ipads because they're little and so then they have these little activities to do on their um on the ipads reading stuff or whatever yeah so they have to do that in between their calls sometimes too so like (sighs) but we've been doing this thing that's been (laughs) I really needed this week off. It's been hard. Because <laughs> they're like, I don't want to do another Zoom call. And I'm like, I don't want you to have to do another call. Mm. I wouldn't want to, but you gotta. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, um, but we've been doing this thing where um, it's this website called Class Dojo. 
and you like they each get a little like avatar and you can give them like points for like being on task like having all your materials and so as a class we've been trying to earn uh 500 points total and we did so we had a little movie night uh movie day thing where we all like more screen time more screen Your we like reward is more screen time. <laughs> we watch the screen. <laughs> nice. Oh my god! But so it. What's super interesting about talking to the two of you is that you're in two completely different places. One of you, Clark, is all outside the entire time, and with students who are, you know, a little bit older. They've already experienced school before COVID. And so they know about some things that they might miss, but this is also like super new. It might be hard for them to post COVID want to go back indoors because this feels like a really fun, amazing alternative to be outside, albeit in the rain. But then Olivia, you have, you have the tiniest people who just have the wiggles and don't know nothing about no zoom and no numbers and what time this meeting starts and nothing. And so you've got the wiggles, but the wiggles are all inside. So do, do you get to take the wigglers outside? Does the boy boys and girls club have like a, a, a sort of playground area outdoors? So that's another thing. Um, the, the, so the school that we're in is like a brand new school and it was supposed to open this year for this school year, but they didn't get to. So it's nice because the building is like totally new, but they're supposedly they're still working on the playground like construction i've never seen anybody out there i've never seen construction there in the whole time i've been there so we're not allowed to use the playground the kids have to play on the lawn in the front of the school and they've been playing soccer and they kick the ball on the road and then we have to go get the ball out of the road and it's a lot and it makes me really upset that they can't go just on the playground that is perfectly, it's just, it's there. Nobody's using it. Why can't they use it? Wait a minute. So there is a playground there. And we there can't are use structures. But, but why? Because they said it's still under construction. But I've never seen construction there. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Olivia, is there a slide? Yes. And monkey bars. It's a nice, it's oh. a brand new playground. It's a brand new building. And we just got access to the gym like we're finally but they keep locking the door not letting us in okay so but wait so let me get this straight you work at the boys and girls club and there's a school that is brand new that has a gym and a playground and you can't access the new things at this school we can access the gym barely that happened this week and we cannot use the playground yet they keep saying that they're gonna let us once it's done but it looks done. I've never seen construction. Can't emphasize enough how much I've never seen anybody out there doing construction on it. So, so what's horrible about this is that the kids must see it. They must yep, see they this playground, and they can't. They can't play. They can't do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. And then having to explain to them without like being accusatory towards the school like the principal won't let us use it is what i want to say but i can't say that just like oh like it's under construction we can't use it oh my gosh i know this reminds me of like the worst pe day in elementary school when i was much younger and those were the days when it rained 
because you were stuck inside in this hall. Yeah. And, and you know what my PE teacher would do? We had these like plastic little squares that had four wheels on them. Oh and yeah, would, <laughs> You would sit on it and like spin around or you would lay on it on your belly and try and like swim, yeah. you know? Yes, yes, <laughs> it, but, but it was beautiful, it was beautiful. And I've even seen these like, um, these like toy writing things. I, early on in the pandemic, I saw it, which begs the question, what am I looking up that Instagram is thinking that this is for me? Anyways, <laughs> you sit on it, you sit on it and it has these handle things and you kind of wiggle your butt oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah. make it move. Like, oh, do y'all yeah. have those? Do y'all have access to anything that has wheels that you can play on in the gym with? I'm not sure. I ha- I personally haven't been in the gym yet because I, I work um, eight to three. And so like, we don't do the activity stuff until after um, three because I have snack at three. Um, so I haven't seen it yet. I'm sure that they're there because it's all brand new. There's a rock wall in that gym. What? Yo. Right? And it was just sitting there with nobody to use it. <sighs> I know. No, no. The thing is, if it's a brand new school and we're in COVID and the Boys and Girls Club kids have access to the building, you know what this is about. This isn't about a brand new school. Nope. This isn't about construction. This isn't about COVID. This is about that school wasn't built for those kids, quote oh, unquote. Yeah. So why should those kids, quote unquote, the mm-hmm. poorer kids, the darker skin kids, why should they get to play with something that wasn't mm-hmm. built for them? Why should they get to touch it first? Yeah. And Boys and Girls Clubs, like, I've worked in some really um, mismanaged Boys and Girls Clubs because for Girl Scouts, we would do meetings in Boys and Girls Clubs. Mm-hmm. And there's some in Reno that are just, like, terrible because they're just, like, run by, like, teenagers and just, like, like three staff for, like, the whole place. Right. This is not like that. Like, this is a very well-organized, like, these kids are good listeners. Like, they ha- we have enough staff. Like, we have a hold on the kids. Like, it's not us. We are not the reason that the school doesn't like us. It's because Boys and Girls Clubs in general have a bad reputation. Oh, I know. This oh, is devastating. It is. And we... Um, recently we got three students there. Um, two of them are immigrants from, I think Honduras. And then one of them, I don't know where he's an immigrant from, but they're like majority like Spanish speaking. Mm -hmm. And so they, the, um, school district has yet to provide a, any sort of resources for them. So they're on there the kid that we have, he's five years old. He speaks almost no English. Um, and he's supposed to just sit on his zoom call where he doesn't understand what anybody is saying and do the work where he doesn't understand what anybody's saying. He's five years old and they have not, they're supposed to provide him a one-on-one tutor and they have not provided him that yet. It's been like, he's been at our boys and girls club for two or three weeks and they haven't done anything about it. Um, and so our boss has been like talking to the liaison of like, Hey, you need to do something. But apparently this is a thing that has been, I mean, unsurprisingly, (laughs) like all through the county is like these kids are just getting completely fucked over uh, because there's not the resources for them. I mean, let's just be honest. Even if they were in a classroom, it would have been challenging. Yes. And it would have been, you know, highly immersive 
it's sink or swim. It's learn by listening and seeing and pick it up. Um, and, and, you know, so it's, it's unclear exactly how much better things would be. And that's, that's been the debate of the whole year, you know, like they're losing a year, they would have been better off. And, and I'm not saying that it wouldn't be better, but I think we're, we maybe are exaggerating exactly how tremendously different um, it would be for some students um, if they were still in a, in a physical building um, and in a physical classroom. Yeah. And then especially just like, to have almost no resources. It just makes no sense because this city is so much more international than Reno is for there to be this huge lack of resources for these kids. Like Mm -hmm. what would you have done normally? Like what, where are these resources? How has nobody in this supposedly progressive city thought about these kids and done anything for them? Like, why is it that the people, the boys and girls club are the only people advocating for these kids? Because of course, like their parents don't really speak English. Like they can't advocate for themselves. Like it should, the district should have these things in place, but they don't. And the ball just gets dropped again. And these kids are the ones that are suffering the most. Oh, so do you find yourself, um, Olivia wanting to, or already doing things that are above and beyond what you're being asked to do at work? Like, have you, have you busted out your Google translate app and started to try to communicate some in some way, shape or form with them? Have you, have you purchased outside materials and brought them in? Yeah. So luckily my coworker, um, who's in the classroom with me, Spanish is her first language. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're able to communicate and I, I can like understand more Spanish than I can speak. So like I mm-hmm. can kind of talk to him and like, yeah, I've busted out my Google translate app quite a few times. My boss has had to bust out hers. She has a really cool, like I translate app mm-hmm. and it will like speak for her and then they can speak into the phone and it'll translate for yes, her. Yes. Really you cool. can do that on the Google translate app too so on, cool. in any language. It's amazing. It's so cool. I know. I'm like, wow, cool technology. Yeah, it's like the way that like, you know, educators, you always have to go above and beyond what you're um, actually told you're supposed to do. It's just been like that, but like to a like huge, like bigger um, expectation because like nobody knows what's happening. Nobody knows what to expect. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm at the point where I've been asking my boss, I'm like, is there somebody that I can call in the district to be like, listen, I'm working with this kid. You come in here and see how this goes. Like you need to do something now. Yeah. And what have you been told? No, um, there isn't. Oh no. Like the liaison's going to do it. Like I'm meeting with the liaison. Like she's been very diplomatic, but like, I wish that there was somebody that I could call and like pull out my inner Karen and just like Karen them. Wow. Pull out my inner Karen. Look at you. Yeah, I could do a Karen. Let's let's just, you know, really sort of define this. What does it mean to pull out your inner Karen? Who is Karen? May I speak to your manager? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So so there is there was an individual uh, whose name was Karen, uh, who who then has become this sort of like persona character that um, yeah. Is it only white, white women and white, you know, like uh, people mostly. like, yeah. Who, who get to bring out uh, Karen um, as, as, as a, as a character that you can, you can portray, like, could, could a, could a black man say, let me bring out my inner Karen. No, because he, it doesn't have the white privilege. 
Okay, so it is. I think it is, has to do with white privilege. Yes. Okay, and and feeling this entitlement that yeah. I have no shame in asking to see the manager and <laughs> asking you to prove who you are because you know I have the authority yeah, to ask that of I, anyone else. Yes. Yeah, I can pull that yeah. out. I can do yeah. it. Like, yeah. Hearing from so, God. Let me see what I can do. I, I know I know an educator or two uh, in Seattle. Let me see if there's a, a number I can give your inner Karen oh, uh, to be that. able to be able to call. I mean, here here are some things um, in terms of position titles to think about. Some districts, some public school districts have um, a specific paid job for a parent advocate. Um, and so you can find out who the parent advocate is for the school. Um, you can find out like if there's supposed to be some kind of a, um, one-to-one, you know, assistant or TA or interpreter translator, something within the education system. It could also just be you communicating to that student's teacher, like, Hey, so who is that person who's supposed to be helping yeah. so and so? You know, like, and yeah. I think the reality is that teacher might not know. She doesn't know. know. Yeah, yeah, we've asked her. Um, oh. Her room is literally like right next to ours, and we were we've talked about it. There's so there's a a teacher who he's like uh, he was translating between the boys and girls club and the parents, mm-hmm. and he meets with the kid in my class um for an hour twice a week uh he's supposed to meet with him yeah but that i mean they never told us about that we had to find it out on our own because it popped up on his ipad and we were like wow why didn't he tell us like this teacher that he's supposed to meet with these kids um but i think it's there's because i he has like multiple other students so i think yeah. that they're supposed to send in somebody else but we just don't know who it's supposed to be or when and now they're I mean, of course, they're saying nothing's going to happen until after a break. Um, but he's been enrolled since the beginning of the school year. And he started coming to Boys and Girls Club like two weeks ago. Yeah, I think so. They knew that this was going to happen. Like they knew that these students are coming in and they have not done anything. And so I just. Mm. You know, I will tell you that um, what has been really challenging to learn about and and to just know in general is that, you know, as, as a parent, as a student, as someone who's trying to, you know, help them, all you have is what you know you need and what you are and aren't getting. Mm-hmm. But when you're on the other side and maybe even the side that you're on, um, Olivia, which is that there's a lot of times in which the sort of bureaucracy or the red tape or the institutional pieces of it make it challenging and hard. Like mm-hmm. you could go out and pay somebody to start to do the job that this person is supposed to do. You could hire a private tutor. You could you could bring in all these other resources, but it doesn't get at the problem of the systemic ways mm-hmm. in which this is happening. And likewise, The other part that's really hard is, you know, that teacher who's supposed to meet with this student probably has, to your point, so many other students that they also have to meet with. They're probably overwhelmed. They might have children in their own home that are not going to school. Um, And so what we're learning is just how hard it is to do any of these jobs on a regular day, let alone how much harder it is to do it during a COVID day. You know, like I started lecturing at UNR 
And um, I knew it was going to be very little pay. But then I realized how very little, very little is. Um, And when you put in, you know, when you do some math of how many hours you work and, you know, do some multiplication, some division and addition and subtraction in terms of like how much you get paid, you realize, oh, I'm not even making a minimum wage. And that's then where you are stuck between a rock and a hard place. Like myself as an educator, I want to do so much for my students. I mean, I even had a thought the other day, what if I ordered each one of them a pizza so that we could have a virtual pizza party, right? But let me tell you, that would be two months of my salary just to send them little Caesars because that's how little I make. And so lately I've been thinking of all the things I wish I could do and that I want to do, but that I can't justify to myself doing because somebody has money to do stuff, but it's not me. Me. You know, mm-hmm. it's like the university has decided to turn down uh, heaters and to maybe turn off uh, telephone lines, but they haven't paid any of us who teach um, for the Wi-Fi that we now have to pay for mm-hmm. out of our own pockets. Right. So there's this there's this push pull of like, I want to do more. I know it needs to happen, but I can't justify doing it because yeah. what about what I need right yeah. now as a worker? Mm-hmm. Um So I guess what I'm wondering is, Olivia, if you could change anything, if I could magically change anything about your work situation, but I can only change one, is it access to the playground or is it access to a regular, you know, ESL, ELL uh, instructor for this student? Which is more important right now, the communication or the play? Oh, ooh, I don't want to have to rank those. Um, but honestly, like, I think that he needs a translator more desperately than like we need to go to the playground, especially because we have access to the gym. Like, it and just like with even just like basic like behavior management, like it's been very hard because he doesn't want to sit on a zoom call where he doesn't understand what the heck they're saying but then the other kids see it and they're like well why isn't he on his zoom call because their little kids only understand fairness like very Mm -hmm. black and white Mm -hmm. um and they don't quite understand having somebody who can't understand them like they don't understand why he doesn't speak the same language as them fully and so that causes like a whole kind of drama in the classroom because they have a hard time accepting that which is fair like six-year-old logic you're like that's just not fair but do they Um, play together yes they do play together as much as they can um but like if he's sometimes I'll let him just like hang out with me while I do whatever paperwork I have to do like just like sit by me or whatever and then they're like Jeremy's supposed to be on a call and I'm like yeah I know thanks guys (laughs) (laughs) you're supposed to be on a call too like pay attention (laughs) oh wow and I like especially like at five too I think it's such a like crucial developmental stage like that if he's missing out on this opportunity to be learning like he's he's already behind like he's going to be even further behind and even further disadvantaged um, so I think I would take translator over playground at this point. Wow. Even if it means that our soccer ball almost gets by, by a truck. 
that okay 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 so you're both looking forward to this break coming up um and i guess what i want to ask is do you miss home and does home miss you like are you are you communicating enough with your family members and and folks who are are thinking about you and worried about you and want to make sure you're okay and um what has that been like to be away um until recently i don't think my i hadn't fully accepted in my brain that we weren't going home for thanksgiving it's like obviously that is not mm. the thing to do right now but like mm-hmm. there's always that part of your brain of like well may like maybe maybe it'll be it'll it'll give it'll it'll be okay it'll give and maybe there's a way and like right that finally hitting of like no like there's not like you you knew this all along but like <laughs> now we need to yeah. actually think about that that has been like I, that's definitely part of the reason I'm feeling I need a break because just that mentally has been very difficult, especially with the rain this week. Of like, I love the rain and it's been fun, but it's also been like, oh, I was really hoping to be in the desert soon and just having that experience. Um, Sunshine. Yeah. So, like, just missing. Yes, we are very, I don't know, <laughs> very much missing home. Um, it's, uh, I haven't been in enough communication. Communication has been no. We've hard. been doing virtual D and D every week. Oh, okay. Well, I'm speaking for myself in oh. that. Like, I have had a hard time communicating all through. Co- I mean, also in general life, but like <laughs> more so since COVID hit. And like the past couple weeks, I have been forgetting to respond to my mom, and she's been like, "Hello, hello." Yeah. <laughs> um, but I like, yeah, have been in communication being like, here's, here's what we're doing. Here's why. Um, but yeah, we have been doing virtual D and D meetings with our friends, which has been very nice. Um, and Olivia. Yeah. I'm the same as Clark pretty much. Um, what was I going to say? I forgot. D and D as in dungeons and dragons. Yes. And diners and dragons. No. Okay. But but who who are you playing with? Are you playing with your family members? Or are you playing with like your, you know, made family members, your friends? Well, oh, yes. <laughs> There's an overlap because my stuff selling JJ is like lives with my friends. So they're like family and friends. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then what what is the plan for Thanksgiving if you're not able to come home what what are you planning on doing and have you ever not been home for Thanksgiving I've never not been home. Yeah this is our both first time never not being home Uh my sister moved to Portland and so she's going to take the Amtrak up here and stay with us for like Wednesday um but that's the only thing that's we're going to do and then I eat food. I don't know. Would like to if we can. Like we're trying to figure out a way. Could we safely like drive across the mountains, spend some time in the sun, maybe like camp in the more desert across the mountains, and come yeah. back? We can have a little, a little get out of town thing. Um, yeah, because it's 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 two hours to like Yakima. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Question. If, yes. if this is the plan for Thanksgiving, is this going to be the same plan for Christmas and New Year's where y'all are going to be up in, in Seattle or in, in the Seattle area um, and not not back home with your folks? Or is there a different plan? 
unless something drastically changes, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'd like to like hold out that hope that we could do something different for Christmas, but it's, I don't know. Yeah, and it, it, it will all really depend on what what the outside situation is at that time, especially largely because like Nevada has uh, much less of a hold on COVID it feels than up here. So it feels just especially irresponsible to go down to Nevada and then come back up. So you're going to stay there through Christmas and New Year's too? I don't know. I, I mean, like, I'm really hoping not. <laughs> but also, the idea of driving 12 hours and, like, in the winter with the snow and stuff is kind of <laughs> doesn't sound like a great That's plan. That's how long, huh? 12 hours. <laughs> yeah. We're, I don't know, like, there's there's always like we're I we've both we've been you know brainstorming floating ideas of like how could we come visit safely but a lot of it feels like like when we were still floating ideas for Thanksgiving in the back of my mind I was like oh my gosh so many of these are just excuses like yeah it's really being real with yourself you know we we haven't talked about the election um, oh yeah, let's do it. What what was the uh what was election time like for you all up there in in Seattle, Washington? When they announced the when they called the race that day, we saw like multiple cars that drove by and had like big like Biden signs and were like honking their horns and like cheering out the windows and stuff. Just like randomly, we were biking through town and we were like, "There's another one!" Just cheering and waving. At us. It was very. It was like, "Wow, okay, it's a really different place up here." Like, just- what would you say are the top three things that are very different, mostly politically, or between Reno and Nevada and Seattle, Washington? Um that well that was one of them there's a lot like just like looking around like you see a lot of like just like black lives matter signs and stuff like literally everywhere and some of it like it's like on these like corporations and stuff and it like just feels like okay you're just trying to like like yeah yeah it feels like there's more more posturing of a sort up here um like general like i don't know in 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 Reno it feels like a lot of people like if they do not fully agree with like Black Lives Black Lives Matter or other like progressive causes or movements, they will say so. Like people in Reno will say shit. Um or do things. Or do things, yeah. But but people up here, like there is lots of like, oh look at us, we have our sign and things. It's like, but but you like look at what you're actually doing with your actions, like I mean, no. I don't, I, I hear you and I agree. And I would take that over, over some other things. Like, just so you know, just so that you oh, know yeah. what, what you're missing. Uh, earlier this week, um, I got a message like, hey, do you live near this street and this street? And I said, yeah, why? Well, I just drove by and there was this guy holding a Trump sign yelling 
at, at in front of a house and the house homeowner had a Black Lives Matter sign. Oh, and it looks like it might be getting tense. And I was like, I don't know if you're telling me because you think I should go there or that I should stay away. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But like that's this is what you're missing. You know, like I getting think, well, yeah, I'm wondering if that was our friend because one of our friends mentioned that happening to him. So also, yes, it I, probably was. There was that. Um. Uh, what anti or com- exposing commies Nevada account doxed my um, step sibling posted my parents personal information and my step sibling. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. That was um a couple. Wait, what is ago. this? What is this thing? What is it called? It got deleted. It was called it exposing was a- commies Nevada NV. It was a Twitter. It account. was a Twitter account, and they were just basically like doxing people. In Reno. In Reno and in, like, um, the surrounding, like, northern Nevada area um, who were, they labeled as commies. And, yeah, my, so something got doxxed. Uh, they posted pictures of my parents and where my parents worked and their work phone numbers. Um, and your step-sibling's house. Yeah. They yeah, they did. They posted, the j- mm-hmm, they posted their house, like, pictures of it. Um and Twitter did nothing about this account for months. For months. Like, we were mass reporting it for months, and it um, did not get taken down wow. until um, it wasn't that long after that big docs. But because mm-hmm. Twitter was decided that it wasn't violating the not posting personal information policy until they posted like all of that information. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So they kind of did that to themselves. They got their own account deleted. But yeah, that was a thing. Yeah, see, so do you miss that? Yeah, not no, really. No. <laughs> yeah, wow. I was like, I wonder if I'll get docs next. Like, they're, uh, it'll be super outdated. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even live there, okay? Yeah, like, do it. <laughs> so, have you, um, have you decided then that, um, Seattle is where you're staying? for a little bit like when when are you deciding you know um next steps like what would what would have to happen or what is happening in terms of you know what happens next you know we have this last week um two different pharmaceutical companies um sharing that they have really great test results for the vaccine and then we're starting to hear more from medical professionals not just the government but medical professionals that folks who are at the highest risk of dying uh from COVID-19 and so much exposure may have access to the vaccine as soon as the end of December. Yeah. Um, And so what does that do for either one of you? Does that bring you hope? Does that make you feel better about Seattle? Does it make you feel better about, you know, the jobs that you have now and the jobs that you were anticipating you would have in the future? You know, like what, what does knowing that, uh, a vaccine is is possibly going to start to reach people in the public by next month due to yeah, you. Yeah, I'm going to apply for a teaching license. For a um, credential. Yeah, um, for probably um, around the end of this school year because I'm having the hope that next school year will be in person um, and then my job will 
become pretty much obsolete, which would be great. I really hope that my job does not have to exist soon. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And so then I'll apply for a teaching license. Um, in Washington or in Nevada? In Washington, because Clark will still be in school. Yeah, because um, I, I still like will be at least staying here for like two more years because I deferred my grad school enrollment. Thus, like I'll have those two years of grad school up here. Um, which like I hope that things will will be opening like that the vaccine is effective and things will be opening back up makes me more excited for for grad school in the upcoming year because I was only allowed to defer one year so I'm going next year no matter what the (laughs) the circumstances but uh, I'm really hoping it'll be a good learning experience yeah yeah no I I definitely definitely hear that okay all right so I guess I just have really uh, one question left. Mm -hmm. You know, the theme of this particular uh, season was supposed to be about the, what do we imagine or think are some of the long-term effects of this year and this time as we Mm -hmm. continue to move forward, much like we know that that the disease itself, the virus COVID-19 creates long-term effects, even after you don't have, um, you know, it anymore, so to speak. And, you know, you're, you kind of alluded to some of it with this very particular, you know, student and this story about the potential long-term effects of their continued development, social development, and, you know, content academic development as a learner, not having real access to the learning materials because of these language barriers. What else are you seeing as, as long-term potential effects and not just to these young people that y'all constantly bring into the interviews, by the way, <laughs> there isn't a single this interview. Yes. This the, the, every interview that we've had, which this is now, you know, the fourth has somehow been maybe as equally about you as it is about each of these young people that sometimes are named or not. Um, and so I'm wondering, okay, we got what's might maybe happening to them, but what's happening between you two? Like how y'all doing your relationship? Good. you fighting with each other. You're ready to break up yet. Or, wow, or, okay. <laughs> or, or are you even no, closer than ever? We're too, we're too we're too close. We're codependent. I I wouldn't say I mean I will be um honest here and say that like I personally have like issues with falling into codependency that I have worked on previously and like continually work on in this relationship. Um but I don't know. I it feels like we're doing good. Um <laughs> No, I think we have a hard time being apart and um I think you know that. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. But like our relationship is 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 in a good spot. Um, especially since this is random, but so my, my dad is a pilot. Um uh-huh. so he, he would be away for like a like week or so at a time as a kid, like um right. away and then here like kinda he was he was away like a, a solid chunk. Um and I definitely saw that as a kid and I was like, well, I don't like other people very much. So I am going to need a relationship like that where I, when I grow up, where someone is away a lot and gives me a lot of space. Um, if you had told me as a child that there would be someone who I could be in like semi like quarantine isolation with, who could, who I would be like one-on-one with for such long periods of time. And I would be 
very, very happy with that. As a child, I would not have believed that. It's really nice to be, have grown as a person in that way and to have found someone who I can, who can be that in my life. Um, yeah. Well, that's now, not Olivia, the- <laughs> now, Olivia, now, why is that quote so gay? I mean, people people are going to be hearing this and and maybe think that you're saying that's so um bad that's so negative that's so, like what do you mean what does it mean when a gay person says that's so gay like, what does that mean it's gross no that's just so sappy. <laughs> sappy. so how do you feel about it olivia <laughs> uh, i don't know it's when um weird because like before the pandemic we were both working so much and we were like never like getting a chance to just hang out Mm -hmm. and then we were in like pretty much just the two of us all the time and then we didn't get sick of each other somehow um (laughs) and now we're kind of like back to that like being like working um because we're both at work at the same time um and being like more separate um I don't know it's I don't know um I forgot what I was gonna say also once again um I'm now starting to see some long-term effects of this time uh there's some yeah. there's some memory issues like oh, there is memory. I've always had memory. <laughs> yeah, we go, oh gosh memory Ooh, it's a we uh, uh, and any both of us having ADHD is 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 a fun fun couple <laughs> Every five seconds, I'm like, wait, what was I saying? Um, I'm like, I don't remember. <laughs> so, so wait, let me let me just fast forward then, Olivia. Um, do you think you'll remember this time um, of COVID and think back to it as like a fond time? Is this going to no. be? No, 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 definitely not. Um, the beginning was kind of nice because it was like, I'd been working so much and I was like, cool, unexpected couple of weeks off. Um, and then it just, you know, I kept going, bad things happened, all that. I don't think I'll look back on it in a, as a fond time. Um, but I do like wearing a face mask in public because I like being able to talk to myself. So I'll look back on that fondly. Oh, wow. I like being able to... (laughs) just talk to myself and nobody can tell that I'm talking to myself. Wow. Wow. So that, that is your favorite part about, about this part. moment is the masks. I mean, there, there is some fun in having the mask on and kind yeah. of being anonymous. There's some I'm also anonymity. A so I can just mouth breathe in peace. Wow. Clark, this is, uh, this is the person that you're okay. Spending endless okay. amount of time with. <laughs> Listen, listen. <laughs> yes, I'm listening. Oh, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I also talk to myself. I, I have fond memories of walking home from high school and talk, like having long drawn out conversations with myself, like doing different voices too for just discussing things <laughs> with funny. myself. Um, and y'all grew up not in COVID, 
right? So like, do you imagine that there's going to be potentially more people like you in the world who are like, I enjoy talking to myself. I haven't seen anybody in a really long time. Like I enjoy wearing this mask. Like you think it's going to be hard to get folks out of COVID who've only known COVID? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the kids I work with, it's going to be like very, oh, sorry. That was um weird for them to like be able to go a place and not wear a mask because like I mean they're five six they don't remember a time before you barely remember like what you had for breakfast so it's gonna be I think it'll be very weird and it will be very weird yeah but like yeah to not have to wear a mask I'll, I'll be honest. I, I went to the grocery store before this interview and um, we didn't like go to the grocery store to get out of the car and go in. We mm-hmm. order our groceries and then go to this special designated spot. In the oh, yeah. Right? You make a phone call and someone brings the groceries out to your car. That's what I mean by we went to the grocery store. And, um, you know, I saw um, little kids who couldn't have been more than five or six with different parents or family members and everybody was masked up, but I couldn't help but see how casual and how used to wearing mm-hmm. the mask little mm-hmm. kids have, have gotten, you know, like they, they've gotten used to keeping them on and putting them on. Like we, we have it up over their nose. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and put yes. And putting it on properly. Yeah. They're know, really good about it. To your point earlier about, you know, they're kind of rule followers and it's about fairness, you know, like I, I we have a, a friend and they have a small child. And if we go past by their house and, you know, talk to them from, from the sidewalk, the, their little kid will come out and, and they know to put on the mask right away. Like, Oh, I got to go get it. And yeah. Over the nose. Like they know how to do it. And, um, you know, if anything, I hope I can only hope that the youngest kids right now, not babies, but like kids who are aware kind of, of what's going on. They're able to absorb it all are able to learn about how, how we got through this so that they are prepared Yes, we wash our hands. Yes, you know, we stay away if we're sick. Yes, we do these things. Like I I can only hope that the worst parts of this will have will have a influence to the best parts of our future. Um, because if not, I just I I don't know where we go. Yeah. Yeah. I uh um did you have a direction you are would like to lead us in more right now, or can I return to? <laughs> this is the can end of it, Clark. So, what what would you like to circle back to, please? I'd like to circle back to. Um, sorry, I was like, we talking got about how great I am. No, oh. I'm sorry. No, we did that. You missed no, your chance was- in talking about how great Clark was, which I'm sure will be a discussion once we're done here. But yes, Clark. Um, I wanted to circle back to the like long-term effect kind of thing. Yeah. And like, I don't know, uh, this is not just of COVID, but the whole political situation right now, um, has been weighing heavy, especially with, with, um, Thanksgiving coming up and not being able to go home and talk to my family members in person. Um, because, watching the increased like radicalization like right radicalization of people 
um, has been very distressing. Um, there's really only one, one conservative person I, I interact with, um, who I follow on Facebook for personal reasons. Um, and we interact and it's been very, very upsetting and frustrating and scary to see the things that she is saying, but also the things that I'm hearing from my parents, it seems like they are getting messages and falling further and further down a path that like I I know that my being in Reno would not prevent this but it feels especially difficult to not be able to be talking with them in person and having these conversations so I might be like whoa like what what are you talking about like what are you hearing what are you believing can we please talk about this because it it feels like it's going to be something that not just them but i i don't know how many people are just falling further down and i am honestly terrified of the long-term um changes and I mean, I think you're you're absolutely right. You know, like we, we have some things happening right now where people are tired of FaceTiming, tired of being on Zoom, tired of, of communicating in a very particular kind of way. And then we're also being told to shelter in place and to not leave the house. And so then you find yourself like, okay, well, I can't, I don't want to talk to anybody in this limited way, but I can't go out and talk to you either. And so all I'm doing then, instead of having an exchange of information and conversation, conversation i'm just consuming and and just you know putting things in and it's either just from one news outlet or just from one newspaper or just from a few folks on my social media feed and 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 it's all i have that i know and so there's a lot right now right you know we're we're still very divided in the country there's still millions of people who even with hundreds of thousands of folks dying still supported and voted for trump yeah. and you know the other thing that you might not know it's just recently um, a friend posted a picture from just Friday morning. Um, they were driving to work and it was a picture of the back of someone's SUV in Reno. And in that, you know, white marker, um, they had written on the back of their car, COVID is a hoax. And with a circle and a slash through the word masks. Mm-hmm. And so we, we have people here who are still not believing that mm-hmm. COVID is real. Um, that they can get COVID and that they or anyone else could die from COVID and that the election is over, that the votes have been counted and that Joe Biden won, you know, like the belief of many things that are, are challenging for folks to understand and want to believe, um, is, is also really waning with people. And to your point, there's something still about proximity. The closer you are to knowing somebody who got COVID and died, the more you believe it. And the closer you physically are to being able to have conversations, challenging, hard conversations with family members about what isn't, isn't true and what isn't, isn't important for your independent, you know, individual family um, is also hard to do right now. Cause it's so easy to just like not pay attention to the phone and not pay attention to FaceTime or to say you're busy or to say that you don't want to talk. And, and it's true. I don't know that many of us want to talk about mm. these things. We just want it to be over already. But, you know, it's one of those things where the only way, you know, out of it is through it. Uh So I hear you and and I I appreciate you, you know, wanting to circle back and make sure that that's noted. Um, Mm. Do you think 
Like, what do you think happens with that? Like, do you, is that more of a reason why you're not coming back to Reno? Like, <laughs> God, I, I honestly, I've, uh, yeah, part of me is like, I guess it's kind of a blessing that uh, I, maybe this is, my parents don't listen to this podcast. So um, every time I sit down for a dinner with, with my family, it, it ends in my dad and I yell at each other. Um, and it's been that way since childhood. Um, so, oh yes, my phone is dying. Sorry. Um, but I, I, part of me is like, I want to be there to be having those conversations because I want to be putting that, like (laughs) what I know is the truth into these conversations as much as I can be. But part of me is kind of like, cool. I don't have to be in that space right now. What I what I think is interesting is you actually brought up something that had a long-term effect, but it was mm-hmm. way in the past, right? Mm-hmm. Like your dad being a pilot and being gone for a significant amount of time, you know, is, is still then, you know, having a, a ripple effect to now. And yet was, you know, the foundation for like how you wanted to like have a loving relationship with someone is to be modeled after that thing that is also the most challenging. Mm -hmm. So um, there's a lot there, Clark, and I'm not a therapist, so I'm just going to leave that alone. You've been listening to Been There, Done That, your pandemic survival podcast. I'm your host, Felicia Perez. Stay well and stay human.